0: I know why they do it.
1: I just I want to know.
0: Their lawyer told them to. Mm-hmm. It protects their money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know all these things, which it's true. It does protect your money. But what it also does is completely ruin your reputation.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Sid Charisse,
0: and I'm David Bosher,
1: and you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast,
0: where we teach you to salon differently. I hate to burst your bubble, but stocking retail shelves does not make you money. But you know what does? Online sales. We have partnered with Salon Interactive to bring you a free marketplace to sell the products that you love to your clients and followers without having to spend a dime on retail. Instead, you get to make a large commission from your sales, whether your clients and followers buy them at 2 a.m. from their couch or directly from their phone while eating breakfast. Making money in your sleep is now possible with Salon Interactive, and the best part is it's free. Visit saloninteractive.com slash DTH for more details.
1: Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie.
0: Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results.
1: Reverie is made intentionally in California, paying attention to detail at every stage of the process. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle.
0: Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson, and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day.
1: Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie.
0: I can see your pups in the background playing. He's heading for the couch.
1: You know what? I can't manage him. At some point, he has to be an adult. (laughs) This is going to be on all social media platforms. My dog, like, pooping on a pee pad in the pack. (laughs) I don't know what to do. He's just... He's a little baby. He... He... It doesn't work around my schedule. My sister said that...
0: My sister said that having a dog is harder than having a baby.
1: Listen. Everybody thinks we're crazy because they're like... She has two babies. Sid, Ashrid, you're also trying to get pregnant. I don't think I've ever said that on the podcast, so... Surprise is out. But also... We're like,
0: they keep trying.
1: I know. We keep, we've been trying for like the past year. But you know what? Why not throw a puppy into the mix? Like, we've been getting up every two hours on the hour, I feel like. And that is preparation for kids. If I've, it's boot camp.
0: So, if for those listening, you can't see it, <laughs> but the recording of this is <laughs> priceless.
1: Oh my God. Speaking of parenting,
0: <laughs> I know that's kind of funny. We, called this episode co-parenting which i know sends a funny message because a lot of times we talk about Well, we also did
1: one called couples therapy too so people are like what are you guys talking about
0: but i mean we also say not to use family terms in the salon but we're not in a salon we're on a podcast but one of our belief systems at dth is that salon owners And hairdressers should be kind of in open relationships with each other, meaning that salon owners can hire anyone, which we've talked about before. We're not against headhunting and recruiting, but also stylists should have the opportunity to work in multiple locations and to work with multiple salon owners. And this has been proven to be really successful with many of our DTH salons.
1: The open door policy is what we call it. Because you think about it. I mean... I don't know where this like sports team competition idea came in, like in our industry. Same then. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it's like, it's fun to have a little competition, like, oh, this product's better than that one. But it got, and it still is so extreme. Like, people are judging people wholeheartedly off of like, oh, you're a Veda, you're L'Oreal, uh, you're a hair store, you're a Colton King, you're a referee. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, can't we just be individual oh artists? <laughs>
0: Stop it. <laughs> we can be individual artists. And I think the other thing too, like the reason we're calling it co-parenting is the idea of like an open door policy or like open relationships with salons and stylists mean they can work multiple places. The parenting part that we're kind of talking about, I want to be clear. We're not saying that you should be anyone's parent, but the idea of co-parenting is when two people are not in a, necessarily like a relationship
1: or or one household Mm
0: -hmm. and they both agree to take care of a child and so and that agreement is different for each person and each group so it's the same with salon owners and stylists we recommend building relationships with salon owners and in Albuquerque we have like five salons in like a 10 mile radius and (laughs) they all (laughs) share stylists and they've gotten together and Mm -hmm. Some stylists will go to one location because they can learn something unique over there, and their stylist will go to another location to learn something unique from that person. And then we have some salons in Chicago that are sharing stylists for training. So the salons are actually training stylists together Mm -hmm. uh, so that it's more cost-effective and not so time-consuming, and then agreeing to share the stylists. And it's a very modern way of doing things. And I like hearing it.
1: It also creates community. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to do over here at DTH is create community. That's why we have a lot of the free education. And we try to do meetups and brunches and all of these fun things. A lot of times when you're in a situation where let's say you are working for a commission salon, and obviously DTH is very pro commission salon, but not pro toxicity and poor leadership. And you're stuck in places where it's very gaslighty or brainwashy in the sense of you're loyal to this business and <laughs> uh of course the we're family or you know the I'm going to shun you and shame you and ruin your reputation if you leave here. And it just kind of doesn't make sense anymore with the way that these generations are working right now. Like the younger generations like millennial gen Z are very much wanting experiences, wanting connection, wanting to create opportunities. And so staying in one place for 10 years just isn't making sense anymore. Having the opportunity to, I'm going to go experience a whole new world in a different salon and also this salon and be loyal to both is that. It's an open relationship. And I think that's what's so cool. And it, it really does sound frightening and um, to a lot of people, and I also don't expect every stylist to want to do that. There are stylists out there that are like, no, I'm good right here. But for the ones that want want this, what the result is, they can't do it without getting fired. So they end up leaving and going to another salon and or going to booth rental. And again, that's this whole mass exodus to booth rental or to, you know, the suite salons. And the reality is it's like, what does it hurt? Like if you have someone working for you three days a week, who cares if they work one more day somewhere else? Like, what is the harm in that? You you still have an employee. You still have someone.
0: I think the biggest fear is that they'll take clients, they'll take money. But again, mm. you take if you clients. have that like if you can if you have that consciousness that like the clients are yours, whether you're a stylist or a salon owner, because they're neither, they're not Stylist or a salon owner. But if you have that mentality, this method will be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And if you think that the only way to make money is to bring people into your salon and then find ways to keep them there as long as possible, that's, I can tell you, that's not how you make money. And if that was how you made money, it would be working by now.
1: And it's not. I feel like every salon owner we talk to is like, I need to find people or, you know, the stylists are like, I need to find clients. And I feel like it's it's seriously just like a relationship. Smothering a relationship is not going to make it stronger. It's not going to make it last. You have to have freedom and boundaries within a relationship. And when you have these moments of I'm going to trap it and hold on to this person, clients or stylist, as long as I can, it's just going to create the desire to leave more. It's gonna creep my. I really chaos.
0: think that business is just like a romantic relationship. Like if, I
1: agree. Like, like if we're married, tr- David. Like <laughs> I
0: know. Like if you treat your business like you would a relationship, you would treat it much differently most of the time. Mm-hmm. You would argue. You would yell. You would fight. But you would also enjoy times together. You would have to learn how to communicate properly. You'd have to make mistakes. I think Americans specifically. North Americans, we think that they're different, like that Mm. business has like this perfect structure. And I think that's why people like destroy the hairdresser coaching because we don't, we have structure, but not like other coaching programs where you come in and you fill out this and you, you know, here's the formula for that. We we don't have that as much because we know that business is not perfect and Mm -hmm. it has to be flexible Just like a relationship. A relationship has to be flexible and how you ran your business two years ago cannot be how you run your business now. And it's the same in a relationship. How you were in your relationship two years ago cannot be how you're in your relationship now. And if it is, if you are who you are from two years ago, that's a little scary. And if your business is who your business is or what your business is from two years ago, that's a little scary too.
1: It's terrifying. I also think, So many people are their business from two years ago because they found something that worked and are afraid to evolve or change or grow. And that means taking some sort of risk or putting themselves in an uncomfortable position to grow their business. And that is so scary. And you you said something really good. You talked about like if people would treat their businesses like relationships. I actually think people do treat their business like relationships, but the unhealthy toxic kind where you're smothering where you are putting it before anything else in your life. Because if you think love about me. it- Yeah, love me. Some people will literally sacrifice their true, real, personal, human-to-human relationships or family relationships for a business. And it's always like, there goes so-and-so that's dating so-and-so <laughs> and they just never can leave their side. Like That's exactly what it is. It's like, there goes so-and-so back to work and work is their partner, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's, really, it's really disturbing too because we actually spend most of our time with leadership teaching them healthy boundaries with their business. How to step away, how to take a day off, how to do things for themselves, how to talk about money, how to save money. That's why we did our couples therapy podcast and course that came with that just to get people to connect in a different way.
0: Speaking of couples therapy, we're still in the middle of that course right now, but we were teaching it and the other night, We had kind of like a confrontational exercise that we did together in front of everyone. It was very interesting.
1: Those are my favorite.
0: But I really think that that's really what we're teaching here is really having tough conversations with each other, confronting each other, being clear with each other. And when you do that in your business, you can then start to do that with other businesses You can start to be clear with other salon owners. You can start to make offers in a different way. You can start building relationships in a different way. And I really think that this open door policy or this co-parenting method of sharing stylists is the answer that we've all been waiting for because the alternative is what we're currently living in, which is these are my stylists. These are my employees. You can't talk to them. You can't look at them. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, don't go to a class at that salon because they're the enemy. And that's so what if you're wondering what the alternative is to open relationships or to co-parenting methods when it comes to employees, we're currently living it. You don't have to really look that far for an example. What is scarier is that there is not there aren't a lot of examples of how to have this open door policy. And this co-parenting relationship in the salon industry. And I think that as it keeps coming out and it keeps becoming more normal. And hopefully we can continue to be the people that talk about it the most. And hopefully other people will continue to talk about it. I think we're going to have in the next 10 years. We'll have a totally different industry where commission, rental, all those things will kind of join together. They'll join together and like it won't look like what it looks like right now. Yeah. And I'm very excited for that. It, that's, we, I mean, that's why we started to start the Hairdresser. We had an idea of, like, what we wanted the industry to look like.
1: Yeah, and we've been talking about it ever since. That brings me to it. It's kind of like, I'm so grateful for our students because as we keep discussing as a community, it's not just, like, Dave and I sitting at the top saying, this is how shalons should be. Salons. Uh, so what did I say? <laughs> Falons.
0: <laughs> Hamula Shamula?
1: Hamala Shamala. Salon should be. Uh, but <laughs> I'm distracted by these puppies.
0: <laughs> Ignore them. I know. I'm Everyone else to. is watching them. On a, if you're watching the recording, you can see it. Ridiculous.
1: So we very much talk to our student community. We very much talk to our coaching community, our future-proof community. And we're constantly asking and listening to the challenges that they're having as hairstylists, as commissioned stylists, as independents, as commissioned salon owners. And David and I are constantly thinking of like, okay, here are the problems in our industry. How do we create solutions? And sometimes those solutions are, we have to just experience them. And so if a big solution was stylists wanting freedom, they wanted to experience different things. We're so grateful for our students that are like, yeah, we want that too for our stylists. And then being like the beta testers of this. And now we have students, salon owners doing this all over the world, because we have students all over the world. And it's been so incredible. And it's actually blossomed into things, I think, David, beyond what you and I thought it would be. For example, some of the salon owners are now meeting to talk about their their same stylist. And that's so weird to be like, you know, usually you have an in-house leadership that discusses you as the stylist and what your growth is. And you discuss together how you're going to grow. And now, <laughs> now it's like both salon owners are discussing, oh my God. I'm so sorry. This is why we do this, and we don't edit our podcast because you get every part of oh, what's going edited, on. Oh, it's edited, but you can't it's edit that shit out. <laughs> and we're not gonna, because who doesn't love a little puppy bark? Okay. Oh my gosh. But basically, having having them talk together about the stylist that is so powerful. Now you're bringing truly.
0: I just want to clarify. You're not. They're not talking about the stylist. No, in a good they're- way.
1: Like, yeah. how can they help it? How can each leadership in both locations help this one person grow? And I think that's I think so awesome.
0: Well, the reason we call it co-parenting is also, like, if one parent is doing one thing and the other is doing another, what's going to happen to the kid? The kid is going to get confused, and they're going to choose or one stay parent. stay in
1: one place, yeah.
0: Yeah. They're going to choose one parent over the other. So if co-parenting is done properly in the workplace with employees, then you can that if you're actually doing it right you'll learn from each other how to mm-hmm. do different things or you'll have to have confrontations of like listen we have this agreement you're starting to do this i'm not on board with that and maybe we have to end the relationship usually there's a solution but some mm-hmm. it's okay to end those relationships too
1: if you don't have a great amount of emotional intelligence it comes down to this point where one person is still very much in the mindset of competition and it create it creates harm for the stylist that they're sharing so or the children right and if they are not on a conscious level to realize the benefit is truly for the stylist and obviously like we always teach if your stylist is thriving you as a salon owner is thriving so like you have to stop thinking about is my salon thriving because if your team is you're good and if you put all the focus on the salon being successful and not the stylist being successful You're going to have... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so what's really cool is I'll use two of our coaches that are doing this, but we have a lot of students doing this. We have Coach Shelly and Coach Patricia in Chicago. They're sharing a stylist and they communicate all the time or they communicate with the stylist like, have you talked to Shelly about this? Have you talked to Patricia about this? Like, If they're wanting great ideas or you should share this with so-and-so, it Like, is very much, even though they are two separate entities of a business... They are very aligned of sharing and making sure the stylist is just reaching all their potential, which I think is so cool.
0: I Like you said, you have to have a large amount of emotional intelligence. The ego, when you start doing this, the ego gets way out of control and it starts to tell you things that aren't true, like they're going to leave, they're going to take all your clients, they're going to take all your money. The reason your salon's not doing well is because they're working at some other location, but the other thing that we want to be clear about is that when you're sharing stylists, it's not just one way. It's not just I share my styles with everyone and no one shares with me. It's trying to create a community of open doors where everyone can work everywhere. And when you start doing this, you have, you start having to realize like, oh, then we should probably figure out that the commission should be the same, right? Or we should, we need to figure out what this looks like for all of us. And that requires all the salon owners to get together and make decisions that you were able to make on your own before, but then you never really had anyone to talk to you about like, does it actually work? Have you tried that? Mm-hmm. What, is, what are the results? And then we do it in, because we don't do it co-parenting style. We do it in secret. We go, mm-hmm. we join little groups on Facebook. What do you do when your stylist does this? What about when they want to do this? And it's like,
1: Have you asked the stylist? Have you asked another salon owner?
0: That's the thing is like in coaching, you're in a community where you can ask people openly and everyone can share and and you can ask coaches and you can get advice. But like, I feel bad for those salon owners out there that are struggling and they don't know that actually what they need to do to make their business better is to let it go a little bit and like remove all the rules and remove all the...
1: Like a relationship. Let go.
0: Like a relationship. A little bit. If you go into a relationship and you're just trying to, like, can you imagine? It's like going in with paperwork and being like, you need to sign here. And if we break up, you can't have a relationship within 10 miles of me.
1: (laughs) I mean, that would have been helpful in New York City.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing is, like, we think that would be ridiculous, but we don't think it's ridiculous to do that to someone's employment.
1: Yeah. Like their livelihood. Yeah. Someone that might have children or be taking care of a family member and now they have to, you know, completely flip their life upside down to work way further than And they- it's not
0: a non compete is not the same as a prenuptial agreement. A prenuptial mm-hmm. agreement means that my money is mine, whether we stay together or not. That's already happening.
1: Yeah. Because stylists are taking their clients, and salons are keeping their clients. But a
0: non-compete is like my money's mine, and I'm gonna fuck with your money if you mm-hmm. leave me. And this is not co-parenting. This is step-parenting. Excuse <laughs> <I'm just> me. <kidding. laughs> I didn't have a name for it. I don't know. I love my stepmom, so <laughs> that's not a I, good name.
1: I also, I, it blows my mind that non-compete still exists. Like,
0: like again, it's the complete alternative. To having an open door policy into sharing staff members,
1: I actually want to know. Like, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you have a non-compete in your salon, I do
0: And don't you are know.
1: like, I do. Sid wants to know. You can DM at trees <laughs> and I want to know. I want to know. I want you to fight for it. I want to know why.
0: I know why they do it.
1: I just, I want to know.
0: Their lawyer told them to. Mm-hmm. It protects their money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All you know, all these things, which it's true it does protect your money but what it also also does is completely ruin your reputation yeah if you thought it was hard hard to hire before especially with us out here being like never sign a non-compete that's only going to get louder
1: Mm -hmm. we're not the only ones saying it too remember your instagram is there's an algorithm and so if you (laughs) see us all the time and you think we're the only ones talking (laughs) about it it's because you have not found the other people like there are plenty of other educators in we this industry talking about We should make shirts that
0: it. say the non-compete is obsolete.
1: Yeah. I'd wear it. People are like, what is that?
0: <laughs> oh, you don't have get it? That also say co-parenting.
1: I love it. We're making shirts, y'all. Would you wear them?
0: No, they won't. <laughs> we know the answer. We've spent thousands of dollars on shirts and y'all don't wear them. So that's how I feel about that. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh I think you know this episode was cra- we should just title this crazy co-parenting with all the dogs and insanity. <laughs> it literally was
0: like watching Sid parent children <laughs> while talking about co-parenting I can do it all <laughs> alright y'all yeah, we'll see you next week I we got shit to do <laughs> next time on Destroy the Hairdresser the podcast
1: there's an illusion of like if you are successful you have to be perfect and I actually think
0: I think it's the opposite
1: I think it's absolutely the opposite but I remember
0: successful is a giant hot mess
1: you know what I think makes success and it's not even money I think it's being consistent in whatever you do that's it
0: I'm consistently anxious